0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown. In this podcast, we'll be breaking down the sermon from the previous week, diving into theological discussions, and even having some fun. Make sure to join us every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Music, and download the Zion Clear Lake app for more updates. And with that, we hope you enjoy the Breakthrough Breakdown.
1: Welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown.
2: I'm Chase. I'm Kate. <laughs> I'm Jennifer.
1: All right, so the, okay, we're laughing because Kate was loud. Kate, <laughs> was, oh, Kate was Kate was setting up. She's got the headphones on because she's she's. I'm an one. audio
0: professional. She's the audio professional. And <laughs> she's we got did bad skills, guys. Mad bad skills. skills. And
1: we did the sound check, and she was kind of getting it leveled. And I decided to be super loud at the front. Oh, <laughs> but
0: let's talk about how you preceded that super loud. Oh yeah, it was
1: hilarious. That. <laughs> yeah we did asmr
0: <laughs> and so i'm like trying to lean in and listen i was like jason that's not how you talk at the podcast <clears> and, <throat> and then he got stuck oh my goodness we're a lot you guys
1: we are well it's welcome to. i this think time. we're all
0: tired and loopy every thursday morning thursday and that's mornings. what it adds joy to our well and, and this is
1: the thing like we've talked about could we do this on another day but it. we can't and no stress wise everything else like Thursdays guys, is the day for
0: it's I am just, operating on very little sleep already. I know, i sure. <laughs> Caffeine, probably. Yeah. Well,
1: so that's usually, like, normally that's yeah. pretty typical for me is either working until midnight, one or two, or getting up or at getting two up and at working time time. until mm-hmm. seven or eight and...
0: There's several times I've seen you come here mm-hmm. in jammies, and you're like, "No, I'm going back before the sermon. Read through to change." <laughs> because
2: I used to work in public
0: safety, where I literally worked twenty four seven.
2: Yeah. Sunday messages also force a twenty four seven schedule can, yeah. for real, which is really crazy.
1: <clears throat> well, I think it's because people don't, and I get people joke about this all the time. Well, as a pastor, all you do is just go play golf or read your Bible and mm-hmm. hang out with people. I'm like, yes, that's all I do.
0: It takes a lot of time, effort, faithfulness, and. Prayer. Prayer. Taking understanding. That. Reading. You know how much reading Studying. we have? To? That wow. takes time. Speaking of
1: the person who this morning is oh. the person who actually preached on Sunday, Kate Hoppalo.
0: It's me. I did it. You did it. Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Swift is everywhere right <laughs> now. All right, so
1: now okay, so this is this is great because we're in this recovery series. Yes. Right? And and this is part of a much wider scale three series kind of Coming to coalescing, there's a big word, coalescing together to finish with the recovery series where we talked about our creeds first and that when we have the wrong beliefs about God, it affects how we see God Mm -hmm. and salvation and everything else.
2: And ourselves and others.
1: That's right. And then from our creeds, we then went on to form the formation series and that we all have stories. We believe that those stories shape our souls Yeah, and they can deform us, conform us, and ultimately we want to be cruciformed. Yeah. And then now recovery, which we came into is this whole idea of we've all been broken. We've all been misshaped. Our beliefs about God are wrong. Our beliefs about ourselves and others and the world have been wrong. What do we do with that? Yeah. And Derek last week preached on that God is not surprised by our brokenness. Yeah. That uh, what was the, you actually said it in your in their sermon read through. And I'm assuming you're going to say it on Sunday but we talked a lot about this is that God is not, um, what was the truth Oh, yeah.
0: you are not a disappointment a to God. Mm-hmm. God can be disappointed with our behavior and our actions and our sin because he has so much more for us, but you are not a disappointment yeah. to God.
1: And, and hearing like the words of you're a disappointment.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Oh,
1: I mean, that, that just.
0: Childhood trauma creeping back up. Dad disappointed voice is just like. <clears throat> but also just the oh, reminder God. that.
2: God doesn't speak those things over us. And so we hear those words and we hear those lies, but they are not from our heavenly father.
1: Amen. And and a loving father, because again, this is why he's called father, not because he has gender.
0: Right.
1: But it's what a father is supposed to be. Amen. God is the perfect heavenly father. And he can be disappointed in our actions and not disappointed, not call us a disappointment.
0: Yes. Mm
1: -hmm. But our actions are absolutely a disappointment. Like, when when I sin or when I do something or when I let that old story yeah. dictate who I am, God's not up there going, Oh, Jason, I can't stand you. I wish yeah. I wish you'd never been born.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like those
1: words never come from God's No. No. And and and, and in fact
0: just... quite the opposite. It comes from yes. humanity. <laughs> well, or I
2: mean quite the opposite. Words come from God. Yeah. No, you are my beloved. You're my you are child. child. Yeah. You're my you are chosen. You are created in my image. Yeah.
1: Ephesians one. So I, I've been processing through what series we're going to do coming into the new year, and we're looking at doing Rock of Ages Volume two and talking about the qualities dude, of God, dude, the character dude. of God. But I was processing of whether or not we should do that or do Ephesians, mm. and then I actually thought about doing a whole series just on Ephesians one, because the whole point of Ephesians one is that you no, know, you were predestined in
0: love, yeah,
1: by God, chosen by God, yeah. to know and love you, and and that. When you spoke about that, part of our recovery uh, and and part of that formation is, one, God is not shocked by our sin. He's not shocked by our brokenness. He knows the condition of our heart. He knows my heart better than I do. Amen. And then this week, Kate, what you talked about is that community, we're supposed to be in community together. Share more about, okay, and you told us that you really felt like, God, there were some things that the Lord was leading you into. Yeah. So share more about what what got you there. Yeah the importance of community and recovery. Sure. Kind of where you've been in.
0: Yeah. Cause those are, they seem like they'd be two separate ideas or like paths in my life or these like running themes in my life that like finally got to be a, a one in this message. And there's, there's this um, kind of overarching theme in my life where, with where I was going with Ecclesiastes and how I was, physically and spiritually wrestling with God about like, what? No, I don't want it. That's weird. Ecclesiastes, you're so weird. And it kept creeping up in areas of like different areas in Z kids and things like that and other ministries that I get to be a part of. And it'd be like, why wow, are you here? Why are you here? And then when you had asked um if I'd be interested in preaching on recovery, that's a separate facet. That is just something that I'm so <clears throat> passionate about. So precious to me truly recovery and the cr community shout out to cr if any of you are listening probably not but maybe yes i'm sorry see i'm insider language i'm just a part of it it's just a part of me i love recovery and then for those two things to finally merge together it was just like it was so holy spirit it was so divine and i was like okay Here goes the obedience of that.
1: (laughs) Well, and I was thinking about so when we did our discipleship stuff years ago, um, we talked about the difference between rest and recovery. Oh yeah, recovery is something you do from trauma. Rest is something you do from work. Yeah. And a lot of us don't, even even the healthiest of people don't realize they have to recover because you have big trauma. And Kate, you and I have talked about this. You have big trauma. The traumas that we don't know how to get past because of. Our coping mechanisms, uh, they were too big for our brains to process or we didn't have family dynamics that helped us. Everybody has little traumas and those little traumas are the ones that we get past and it's it's the cut on the arm that heals itself.
0: And that's kind of that that theme that I had mentioned in my message. Hopefully I say it on Sunday that, <laughs> you know, all those traumas, it's sometimes it, we can feel isolated in that and we can start trauma comparing. I'm like, well, I'm not as bad as that, but I'm definitely worse than that. And we start doing that and it isolates us. But the thing is, I always say, the worst thing you've ever gone through is still the worst thing you've ever gone through that there's a commonality in us in our suffering in yeah. the hardships of life life is hard yeah
1: well and 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 when you think about that and this is why i talked about the difference between rest and recovery is that you can't rest yourself to recovery
2: mhm
1: you, you it's impossible to do no amount of vacations no amount yeah. of not doing something deals with the trauma
0: and solomon even mentions that of like idleness
1: Yeah. Well, but you also can't spend your way to recovery. You can't read yourself to recovery. Recovery takes work. Yeah. And the best part, and this is why I, you know, for those that are listening, part of the reason, whenever I have somebody preach, it's because I feel like that's who, that's who's supposed to preach that message. You didn't
0: pull my name out of a hat? No.
1: Well, that, that that was, I'm like, okay, Lord, let's draw (laughs) straws. Who's supposed (laughs) to preach this? Um, But whenever I do that, it's because I feel like, There's somebody who should be preaching that or that God is saying, no, that's not a message you need to preach. And I told you this after sermon read through the message that you gave, I could not give. Hmm. Uh, And just like when I've had Jennifer, there are things that when when I have asked Jennifer to preach and and I take preaching very seriously. I take the role of teaching and preaching because the Bible tells us to. It says that. Uh, better to hang a millstone around her neck than to lead somebody astray. Yeah. yeah. And so whenever whenever I entrust somebody with the pulpit, it's because I believe that God really wants to use them and they have something that either I can't bring or I shouldn't bring. Mm. And this this whole part of community, and this goes back to that recovery piece, why I wanted you in recovery and to talk about the community aspect of it, is I know in your passion with Celebrate Recovery, but also your own story, mm-hmm. I uh, I feel like, Kate, one of the things that I've seen so well, and I've, I've seen you preach with your life, not just your words, mm. because there is a difference, is that community was central to how you became who you are.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was
1: not Kate willed herself or read a couple books or watched some online classes. You've lived that with your life so incredibly well. And so when we were looking at it, I I really did. I felt like it was the Holy Spirit saying, "No, Kate needs to preach this message. And so when you're talking about this, let's talk about why is community so important in recovery? Mm-hmm. And and let's be honest, recovery does not necessarily mean drugs and alcohol. We all have to recover from things. Yeah. Um, sometimes they are major traumas, but other times there's stories we've told ourselves and even ones we think are healthy that aren't like, I don't need anybody.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important there to, to have two things. It's important to distinguish that recovery is a process. <clears throat> yeah. You are never going to be fully recovered recovered. until the Mm -hmm. day that our author and finisher perfects us in the day of Christ Jesus, Which next
1: week when I talk about recovered, it's not getting into you're fixed. No. It's what does it mean to be on the other side of recovery in your still process of recovery? What do you do with
0: it? And then the the part about community and recovery and how this whole message got wrapped up, hopefully, (laughs) um, (laughs) is that community and recovery are synonymous. You cannot have recovery without community and it is in community that you actually get to experience real recovery that those two things are hand in hand and we see that wisdom throughout scripture which during the sermon read-through you guys saw how much i packed into that but also in like we were talking about the non-christian truths of the world like we see that in themes that there is value of not doing this alone and Jennifer, you're passionate about community, and I'm grateful to get to experience a lot of those, um, what is it, like the fruits of your labor with Missional Community Group.
2: Yeah.
1: So I was reminded, and I was looking, I, I promise I wasn't being distracted. Um, you? Yeah, I'm never distracted. Uh, I was reminded of, there was a woman, Jerry Lynn Nielsen, who was in Antarctica, who had to perform surgery on herself. What? She was by herself. Does that
0: have to do with the price of rice in China?
1: No. So here's here's no, this is this is actually. Uh, she had to perform um uh it looks like she had to perform a breast cancer surgery on mm. herself because she was alone mm. there. Okay.
0: I feel sorry for her. And,
1: and but here's what made me think about this. Some people think it's a testament. Oh,
0: Look yeah, what I did by myself. Oh, totally. But you
1: first of all, that's what a horrible position to be in. Ugh. Like, the, I think about that. In this case, she had to because she was alone and there was terminal and there was some But
0: how traumatic stuff. is that? Or even like 127 Hours. Do you guys remember that movie? Yeah. And he literally had cut, to cut his own arm off. And it's like, that's trauma. Literally trauma to and your body. what we think,
1: though, is our American individualism is mm-hmm. I pull myself up by my bootstraps. Yes. I don't need anybody else. And that's where I was going with it is yeah. I thought about it is I think there's so much fear in no, I cannot recover by myself, including I can't live for Jesus. And you had that statement in your sermon read-through where it doesn't just take a village to raise a child. It takes a village just to be human. Amen. (laughs) Uh, So, okay, Jennifer, when you think about the community aspect, because you're doing missional community groups, and this is something you've been launching within our discipleship, how are you seeing the impact of missional community groups helping people in their process of becoming more like Jesus, but even dealing with some of their hurts? Because... I know in conversations I've had, I've had people who've talked about the healing that has take place. Share a little bit about, it if you if you wouldn't mind.
2: Are you looking for uh, specifics or just general?
1: Generalized, uh, because we don't have permission to share yeah, yeah. people's so, stories. So,
2: here's the thing: God created. I do believe God created us to be dependent upon Him and interdependent upon one another. Yeah. And the thing is, is when we can step into that interdependence on one another, knowing that they're human, knowing that they'll fail, knowing that we'll fail, knowing that we're going to get hurt, um, not. And sometimes sometimes intentionally, but most of the times not intentionally. It, there's just so much power in not being alone. There's so much power in hearing someone else say and going, oh, I... I, yeah, I've, I, you're not alone in that. I experienced that too, or to be affirmed or to be encouraged. Um, we need to tell other people, I see Jesus doing this work in your life. I see how the Holy Spirit's transforming you because that spurs your faith on to keep, keep moving forward because it's hard. We need other people to speak in and say, you know what? That sucks. Yeah. Like being able to, you know, that's empathy to be able to say, I'm, it wasn't supposed to be this way. Yeah. I'm sorry yeah. that that's your situation. And to have people, t- t- a place to process and to not be alone, to study God's word, to pursue God, to encourage one another. I mean, it really is that Hebrews 10 text that I, I pull out a lot and Kate used in her sermon to spur one another on. We're, yeah. we're supposed to spur one another on and I need to be spurred on myself. Yeah. And so, you know, that's kind of the power of it. And the thing is, is like, because I mean, really, I, I do think our American independence, and of course we celebrate the freedoms that we have the, you know, in our country, but, but sometimes I think that prevents us, that creates the attitude that I can do it all by myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't believe that was how God ever created us to be. And so, um, you know, and so we kind of like shoot ourselves on the foot a little bit. We have to undo that and to go, no, there, there's just life is richer, and fuller and life giving, yeah. and these groups are supposed to provide care to one another. I mean, the, that, you, Jason, as the pastor, cannot individually care and meet all the needs of everyone in our congregation. But if they had fifteen to thirty other people who can step up and do that, and and so there's just a lot of and plus serving together, and and I, it it's just so rich. Amen.
1: The I think, and and let's go back to the American Independence thing. That statement actually isn't true. America didn't gained its independence by being independent.
0: Amen. Like, look at you, French.
1: <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, there was the French. And even our even our Constitution was actually basically ripped off of some French Amen. values, right? And biblical values. But really what, what I think this is the problem is we took the idea of American independence. What they were saying is we don't want to be tied to England because Correct. it was unhealthy and toxic and, right. and not
2: fair.
0: Do not be codependent. Well, and I That's, think there's a lot of actual um
2: community written into the constitution there is well, we, the we the people
0: right <laughs> right and, and, and
1: again we want to be careful because let's not can, let's not American, assume that christian and and america American, are the same thing. They're, they're not, not. they're not we are but not a nationalism. that, yeah. <laughs> that value of independence yes. we think independence means i don't need anybody mm-hmm. that was never what was going on yeah but that cultural value we lost the tie because we're 260 mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. removed right yeah
0: um I think that codependency and independence are the same coin, but different sides. sides. We need that interdependence.
1: Yeah. So I do that. I've shared this when we do discipleship. Um, We talk about the uh, the pendulum. Yeah. They're both sides of insecurity. Independence and, and codependence are both insecure. The independent person is insecure in themselves. They feel like they have to do it alone. I don't need anybody. That's insecurity and arrogance. Yeah. Codependence is I can't do anything without anybody. That's also insecurity and, and not an arrogance, right? Yeah. And it's a different arrogance of God, no, God has said that you don't, you're supposed to be dependent upon him. Interdependence is recognizing that we are most fully functional when we're working together and have healthy community and unity. Amen. And I think that the danger that happens in recovery is because we've associated recovery first and foremost with drugs and alcohol. Amen. Yep, um, and we don't recognize that. No, we're all in recovery.
0: Yeah, uh, the
1: healthiest people I know are recovering from things. From, I mean, how many? I'm gonna be careful here. I know some very wonderful parents who bend over backwards for their children, and their children dictate their entire lives. What yeah. happens when that child goes off to college and they've their marriage doesn't exist anymore?
0: Yeah, maybe,
1: Be- yeah. Because then guess what? That's a recovery because the, the thing they're recovering from is no, you don't solely exist for your child's mm-hmm, happiness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's what our world is teaching right you now. You have is to your recover children. your
0: identity, your, your true identity.
1: Yes. And and the only way to do that is in community. Yeah. And I was talking with somebody just a, a couple of weeks ago uh, and they were struggling. They were sharing some of their struggles. And I said, oh, so are you in Celebrate Recovery? Have you done anything? Oh, no, no. I've just done my own recovery. How's that working for you? Mm-hmm. And, I, yeah, and they're like, "Well, I've never done twelve steps. I've never done anything." No, the first thing you have to recognize: is you're powerless. Mm-hmm. That's what I. Yeah, that's t- literally
2: a step of CR. That's the very
1: first step of that's yeah <laughs> and denial. Stuff. Yeah, it's but I in that, even my own, like I can't be recovered. This is why Derek started. The very first recovery was the recovery that Jesus came to do on yes. a rescue mission for our brokenness. And if I can't acknowledge my need for a savior, uh, and and I. This is my one, why I love celebrate recovery compared to Alcoholics Anonymous Mm -hmm. or those. And I'm grateful for those things.
0: Amen. Because we wouldn't have one. That's right. But
1: The other side is because Alcoholics Anonymous is designed for people who don't have to know Jesus, Uh Mm -hmm. what you're going to have is a bunch of recovering alcoholics in hell.
0: I can't imagine doing what happened. We talked about this in Sermon Read-Through. Recovery gets this negative connotation Mm -hmm. and it becomes this thing that we do. It becomes self help work. And if you don't think you yourself needs help, you're not going to do the work. And then you take away the divinity, the holiness of the work of recovery. What does it really Mm -hmm. mean to be recovered?
1: Which again, in in Alcoholics Anonymous, you have to acknowledge as a higher power. But it can be anything. It just can't be you.
2: Well, It can be good vibes. I think the other thing too, is we, you know, Derek defined recovery as the normal state of mind, soul, and body, as defined by Jesus. Yeah. Yes. So if we a are return not return to
1: the normal, return
2: to yeah. the normal as defined by Jesus. So the thing is, is that we can have a recovery as defined by society. Oh, yeah. yeah. But we really want the recovery as defined by Jesus, because that's that full that's and abundant life. Yeah. yeah, that's the com- that's God working out, c- completing and perfecting my faith.
0: Amen. Yeah,
1: and and I think the hard part in this, and this is why this recovery series, why we wanted to cap this formation, and ultimately this is taking us to Christmas. So even huh. though we're not doing an Advent. Series
0: shameless Christmas plug.
1: <laughs> yeah, but really, what is the? Why
0: did Jesus come? That's yeah.
1: Right. What's the simplicity? What's the simple message of Christmas? Why do we celebrate it? It was the beginning of the restoration. Yeah. It was the beginning of Jesus' recovery, and He came in the most simple and unprofound ways.
0: Amen. The
1: birth of a child is not a profound thing. People get born all the time. Yeah. There's nothing like, oh my gosh, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it was God became flesh, who emptied Himself. Yeah. To be dependent. Jesus was dependent. Yeah. Like, there's something beautiful about that. And and in our recovery, we cannot become the Christians that God wants us to be in isolation. Yep. Um, We cannot be Christians the way God wants us to be because we read a book or listen to a podcast or Mm -hmm. even attend a church. Attending a church is not the same as being a part of one. Amen. But it's more than, what does it mean to be a part of the church? Well, being a part of the church doesn't mean you're a member of the church. It means you're actually acting Mm -hmm. as a member in the church and being in community and and Uh, I'll share this next week, but because not everybody listens to this, but um, a couple of weeks ago we had a health scare with Lisa Mm. and uh, she, she thought she had found a a cancerous lump on one of her breasts and she came down that night and just sobbing and her mom died of cancer uh, seven years ago now. Mm. And I'm watching my wife and I don't know how to comfort her in this one. I don't. It's, it's not a, I don't think about breast cancer. It's not a thing. And she did the all, you know, the one thing no one should do. She went to Google. And the first thing I thought of was call my community. And so we have a couples group and I called all the wives and they call it throwing out the bat signal. Yeah. <laughs> and at nine o'clock at night, all these women came over to my house. And even though there was nothing to guarantee that it was that they loved on her as if we had just gotten the diagnosis. Yeah. And she, cause she couldn't sleep. I mean, she was, she was spinning. And they loved on her and they met her in that. And she was able to go to sleep that night. And then the next day we spent all day at the hospital getting checked. And it could have been cancerous. Praise the Lord, it wasn't. But I think about when we have our brokenness, if we're not in community, when those, when life happens, what if it had been cancer? That's a different type of recovery now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Who's your community? And I think the lie that some people, they forget that life is going to happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: You're going to. Everything might be okay right now, but all it takes is one small turn yeah. and life is on its God
0: head. never said it was going to be easy. No, In fact, he said it's going to be hard. He said it's going
1: to be the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Someone asked me, they said, Jason, so, you know, the Bible makes it clear that when the world doesn't want Jesus, that's when he's going to return. Do you think that's true? And I said, yes and no. Mm. Because what, what they meant, what they were really asking is, if America doesn't want Jesus, that means we're closer mm-hmm. to Jesus coming back. Well, the Romans didn't want Christianity mm-hmm. either. Yeah. Jesus said they're going to hate you. So, no, we cannot judge the the end of the world by that. The point of what Jesus is making in there is that, yes, he's going to return. But who's your community in the midst of that hardship?
0: And we had talked about, I like that you had said earlier about the the need of, uh, that we all have recovery. There's recovery in Christ and then there's societal recovery. And we had talked about in Sermon Read-Through of what happens when you have community, but it's not Christ-loving, Jesus-loving, gospel-preaching people. What happens in that? Well, Well, we talked about like-mindedness, that you have to surround yourself
2: with like-mindedness. And the security in that. Yeah, and and, and the comfort and the safety Mm -hmm. in that. But here's the problem. Not everybody is like-minded in Jesus. And so then it's, we're like minded in using drugs together. We're like minded in partying together. We're like minded in some of these other things. And there's the crave, the need, the bit that, that human need is the like mindedness. I yeah. wanna be around people who get me. Yeah. I wanna be around people who encourage me in what I'm doing.
0: In in recovery and support in- what I'm doing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's right. yeah. and encourage yeah, and yeah. It's hard includes work. Work. Right. amen. Like right. that's I mean, that's what okay. I'm if you
1: think about it, you go to the bar. And there's nothing wrong with going to a bar. No. But you have people, that's where they spend every night, where that's their community. Why? Because they want people that are going to get drunk with them that aren't going to point fingers and say, stop getting drunk.
0: Yeah.
1: Or or that that's their community.
0: And let's take it another, let's take it out of drugs and alcohol. What about soccer moms that devote their entire lives or the gym or crunchy people that like devote their entire lives to, you know, this um, countercultural anti-pharmaceuticals. Like it, it's this, these pipelines. Crunchy
1: people. Oh, yeah, i never heard of that. Oh, I like granola. Is that what yeah, like? Yes, dude. I got Yeah, the they reference. call
0: it crunchy now. I'm relevant. Yeah,
1: I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, <laughs>
0: but you still are. <laughs> but, but, but there's all these other things oh. that we are putting in making gods yeah. out of little G. Right? I take it even further. Church. Well, Amen. I mean,
1: I, okay, so. You
0: can, you can
2: be in a church and go to church because they're like-minded, quote unquote. Yes. And they are not pursuing Jesus the way that you should yeah.
1: be. we're not spurring yeah. one another on to good deeds, we're spurring one another on to being more religious, to being more judgmental, to and, being more right. separate. Amen. Yeah. Right. yes. Well, and and I think if you take that a step further, I think the de- The real sign of recovery is that you put yourself with people who are not always going to support what you do, but are supporting who God wants you to become.
0: That's right. That's that importance of accountability that we were talking about. Sure, confession carries power, but if you don't do anything with it and there's no one there beside Uh you to spur you along and say, hey, Jason, remember when you told me you were going to stop drinking so many bang energy drinks?
1: I never said those words. He
0: never said those words. <laughs> By the way, they're going out
1: of business. It sounds like. Oh,
0: really? It's
1: okay. I just I bought a whole case because they're a buck a piece right now. Because they're they got sued.
0: Oh, totally. Si- they got sued.
1: terrible. No, they're delicious. They got sued because <laughs> of the word super creatine, and super creatine doesn't exist apparently. Super. And so Monster Energy sued them so that they could have the corner of the market. Anyways, no one cares about that. But, but to your point, <laughs> yes. that accountability. I definitely thought
2: I said super creative. My eyes are not working today.
1: Super creatine. Super creative. Bang. Super creative. Bang. Um but I think I think okay so here's the hard part is no one likes to be called on their stuff.
0: No, no. it's so painful and we had talked about yeah, that oh, such power oh, gosh. under uh-huh. such control. And we've talked about exposing versus confessing.
2: Yes. Ooh, and, it's painful. and
1: and okay so let's and I'm going to let people in on a little secret why we do sermon read through. The whole reason why we started Sermon Read Through was to create a cultural dynamic where it's safe to have people say, hey, maybe that wasn't such a good idea or maybe there's a better way. Yeah. And unless you've ever given a sermon, you don't realize how personal it's very personal. <laughs> so when somebody challenges or says that doesn't land, you can get super defensive. Yeah. But it's because, quite frankly, and I had somebody. So I was telling somebody about this and I'm like, oh, so are they like other pastors? No.
0: Regular old folks. Well,
1: and it's because, well, are they theologically trained? No, but they don't need to be. Because at the end of the day, uh, okay, let's take kids ministry. If the only person who can ever speak into Kate's life about kids ministry is someone who does kids ministry, well, she's going to be in an echo chamber.
0: It's uh, so easy to get off track without that holistic view of community Mm -hmm. coming alongside you.
1: And that's actually what started Sermon Mm -hmm. Read Through. It wasn't so that Jason could have better messages. It was because we were trying to create a culture in which there's safety in allowing people yeah. people who don't technically have the right, allowing people to speak into things because yeah. it does make you better.
0: And isn't and, that community of giving yes. people the right to speak into your life, not because they've earned, earned it, it, not because they deserve it, but because I've given it to you out of vulnerability and trust. And, and, and here, because that's what God wants us to do.
1: And yes. so those those small things that we do, we do intentionally to create culture. Yeah. How do we create culture that allows people the opportunity to speak in? And this is the harder part. You went, we went into the, you just you talked about the difference between exposing and mm-hmm. confessing. Yeah. Confessing is you inviting people mm-hmm. in instead yes. of having people come to. And, and it is so hard. And I'll tell you, this isn't just ministry, this is humans. It is so hard to go to somebody and say, Hey, how am I doing on this? <laughs> and, and, and I'm grateful for our staff. One of the things that I do pretty regularly with the staff is all people pull people in and say, Hey, how am I doing as a leader?
0: Yeah. How,
1: what can I do better? Yes. How am I doing as a pastor? Are there things that I can be working on? And I'll be honest, I don't always like the answer. <laughs> but but by giving them, I don't have the right to get offended because I've asked them to speak into it. But when somebody just comes up, Jason, you suck or you're not doing this, of course, I'm going to get defensive. Yeah. So what happens when we create a culture in which we invite people to ask us to give feedback? Well, one, it immediately, I've invited you so I can't be offended when you tell me the truth. But the other side is, I think this is what the kingdom is supposed to be.
2: I agree. Well, or just even think about the person. Which would you rather have? Would you rather have someone point out your sin? Or would you rather be doing the work with the Lord and have the Lord reveal that? Because it'll be gentle and kind oh. and restorative. And then to be able to share that with someone, knowing
0: that they will
2: receive you with grace. But
0: here's the thing. If we if we take it as this process, right? Let's put some application to these big, heady ideas that we're just you know, that are so powerful to us. And if we start, because in the beginning you have to start and sometimes it takes someone lovingly looking at you and saying, hey, that's not okay. And then the next step is you go in and you invite people in. Hey, was that okay? Yeah. And then the next step is your rebound is Uh so much faster. And I go to you, Jennifer, and Uh I say, hey, that wasn't okay. (laughs) And the final step is I don't need to do the thing that wasn't okay in the first place. Yeah.
1: So it got me thinking about in Genesis... How different would the scene have played out when Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Why did God have to ask, where are you?
2: Yeah. Why did God who have was to that ask? Who was that for? <laughs> why did yeah, God, God have
1: to say, who told you you were naked? Imagine if Adam yeah. and Eve had come out and said, hey, Lord, you told us not to eat of this and we did. And now all of a sudden we realize we're naked.
0: Yeah.
1: How different that story would have played out. And and this is the, the vulnerability. And now you have to be safe. Let's be clear. Yeah. You have to do it with safe people. And this yes. is the hardest part, okay. And I uh, could
0: literally do a whole nother sermon series oh, yes. on that. <laughs> well, and save people. And, and
1: this is the hard part. And and mm-hmm. people who don't work in ministry may not always understand this. Um, When you're in ministry, whether it be as a pastor or director, people have their assumptions about who you're supposed to be, which then yeah. makes them unsafe. Yeah. Because honestly, like if they're... If I confess sin to somebody who doesn't have the maturity to realize I'm a human being still, yes, I'm a pastor, but pastor is not my identity, my job. Yeah. Their understanding of Jesus gets affected because of their maturity. So yes. I have to be wise, mm-hmm. just like you do, mm-hmm. with who you share stuff with. We're supposed to be wise, anyways, right? I, I joke about this, like I don't share my I don't share my sex life with my children, <laughs> right? Sorry. And I, but I, I joke, 12. but I joke about it because it's true. Like no, there's wisdom in knowing when and where.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's in children's ministry too. This is never going to be a message that I could deliver in the same way yeah, sure. to the Z kids. Is the truth still truth? Yes. But consider that, the audience.
1: And so the point of that being is that Kate, towards the end of the message, you start talking about Paul's answer to Ecclesiastes
0: yeah, I and that he is. answers
1: the whole, it's not meaningless. We exist for the glory of God, but also for community. But this is why it's so important to understand who are safe people and where are the right places and surrounding yeah. yourself with safe people. And the point of a missional community is that you hopefully discover those safe people. Now, that being said, is everybody in your missional community safe?
0: No, no. That's and even we, the <laughs> and we had talked about that, too, in read through that even the safe people, even the quote unquote right people will let you down. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and that's why we have to acknowledge, mm-hmm. that's why we started off this whole thing of recognizing we all need to be, we're all in yes. recovery. Mm-hmm. And if God's not surprised by our sin, why am I surprised by somebody's sin? Right. And it's, in fact, yeah. I, I should be more shocked by my own sin than other people's yeah. because usually when I sin, I'm like, where did that come from? Well, it's because it was there. I was just blind to it.
0: <laughs> you know, and that's the, that thing about like huddles and missional community groups and, and just community as a whole of finding people you know, it, it's affected by your maturity level. It's affected by their maturity level. It's affected about your, your understanding. I had said that, that recovery had formed these, helped form and, and, um, establish like the beliefs that I had about mm-hmm. God, about myself, about community, what that really means. You know, I was a very different Christian seven years ago. I could not handle the kind of recovery that I have now. Then there's no way it, it's, It's a process, it's a growth and we're all in that. But finding people that can understand that and hold that with the preciousness that it really is. Recovery is truly precious to me. Can the congregation hold that precious as I do?
1: And how do we create a culture that shows that we're striving for health? So one of the things that years ago, I felt like the Lord kind of gave me some language on, there's no such thing as a healthy Christian. There's also no such thing as a good Christian or a bad Christian. Right. There are healthier and unhealthier Christians. We all have levels of unhealth, but we're all, the goal is striving towards health. Healthy implies a complete state as it should be. Well, sure. well none of us are that. Right. But are you healthier? Are you moving towards the steps of health? Right. And when you realize that now, all of a sudden, it's the, it releases the shame of, well, that's a bad Christian. Yep. Uh, Mike Iaconelli, who was one of my heroes back in my youth ministry days, um, he wrote a book called Messy Spirituality.
0: Yeah, we've talked about this. And a couple it's
1: times. such a phenomenal book. But yeah. one of the stories he tells, he called his church the the slowest growing or the slow no the fastest declining church in America or something like that. And here he is as national speaker, and his church is super small because it's made up of gangbangers, drug addicts, bikers. And I remember there's an audio clip of him baptizing this guy. And as the guy steps into the water, he yells out, holy, that's cold. (laughs) And you hear everybody laughing. And I remember hearing that. And he talked about in the book that there were some people like, how could that guy be a Christian and cuss? You really think the Lord cares about the fact that he cussed?
0: Yeah, he's oh, literally getting baptized. He's getting now. He's excited about. You're the, focusing on the wrong thing. Like, yes,
1: right, and and I think that's what we're. How do we create culture where we allow people to be human? Yes, and yet also still have safe boundaries.
0: And that's that that whole tagline of this series is that we're a place to be broken. Yeah. That we are in process, in community, in recovery. Yeah.
1: And and your job and. and you know, there's uh, there's a quote that I, I shared, and I think I talked about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast, is you don't have to set yourself on fire to keep other people warm. This yeah. doesn't mean making yourself a martyr or putting yourself in, in un- unsafe positions. Right. But don't use safety as an excuse for not having community. Yeah. Yes. No, find those safe people. But they need to be godly, Christ-centered people. Right. Because you want people who are going to help you become who God wants you to be, not who the world wants you to be, or the bar wants you to be, or the coach wants you to be. Right. Who does Jesus want you to be? Right. Um, so Kate, I got, I'm got. super excited for Sunday. Uh, Me too. I, I thought Sermon Read Through was absolutely great. And yeah. Quite frankly, there were three sermons in there.
0: <laughs> I know. Um, I told you guys. I warned you. You did.
1: Um, here's, I, I want to end us with this. And, and if you each want to share something great, if not, we'll just call it a, a morning. <laughs>
0: um,
1: when you think about that role of recovery in community, can you think of a time where community is what helped you get to that place of uh, getting back to where God wanted you. I can tell you. You go first. Me. Yeah. Okay. So I think about when my church, uh, the church that I was pastoring in San Jose shut down. Mm. And I was beating myself up. I felt like such a failure. And I mean, to the point where I, I, I was like, God, I can never do ministry again. I This church died under my watch. I, obviously, I'm I'm just not cut out for this, right? And I had a group of people, including leaders in that church, who were the ones who came alongside of me and said, Jason, no, you got the church healthy enough to die. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And this wasn't about you. And I needed somebody to remind me I'm not that important. (laughs) 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 Because I really, I was putting all this on my back, and it didn't help that there were people who were like, and you killed our church, and I can't believe we called you. Mm -hmm. and, and, And yet they were putting something on me that wasn't on me. But had that community not come around me, there was a former elder who left our church. And he shared a story with me, and I won't share it just for the sake of time. But he actually apologized to me, and he said, Jason, this church should have died a long time ago, and I'm sorry that you had to be the one to see it die. Mm. I still remember those words, because in that year before I came to Zion, I wrestled through whether or not I was still called. Mm. And if it was not for community, I don't know that I'd still be in ministry. Watching a church, seeing a church Uh die, like that's painful. But doing it under your watch, it carried. And I I was carrying a burden that wasn't mine to carry. It wasn't my church. Yeah. And and that was the thing that they had to remind me of. And so it brought me back to that. place. Wait, wait, you're 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 putting yourself in the place of God. You did not shut Uh down this church. The elders did. But ultimately, I believe God did. And yes, it was painful because death is painful. But now I look at who I am on the other side of this. Yeah. And now how I lead. I lead so much different than I did when I was a lead pastor then. And, and, and it's, what
0: glory to God out of that.
1: Yes. And I think about all those lessons I learned because of how God used other people to shape and soften me, but also bring more self-awareness. But had I not had that community, I don't know that I'd be here today.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and that community restored me back and reminded me that my identity was not shaped because of something that happened in that moment that God could still use it and has. So that's one for me that immediately comes out. And I could not name all the people. There were several that were instrumental in that for me.
0: I'll let you go first.
1: If you want to. If you don't want to, If you want to, but
0: you don't have to. I mean, I just was thinking about
2: a little different topic, but there was a sin that I had struggled with for a while. And then I felt like I wasn't struggling with it. And I felt like that had been forgiven and done and handled and good except for my thoughts. Mm. And so <laughs> I I think just out of like, honestly, like wanting to, to walk the talk that I'm preaching, but also because I felt like the Lord finally highlighted it, I just told somebody. And it was like shocking how instantly that ended. Mm. And I feel like it's so good of the Lord <laughs> to like, but I to like share, you know, or to like reveal that and, and to bring freedom and wholeness to that. But in the same area where it's like, I could have done that five years ago.
1: <laughs> no, that's that's right on top of it's That's like, exactly what we're come talking about. On! Yeah.
2: If I had just if I had just let community in five
0: years ago.
1: You could have avoided if I had that. a safe person yeah.
0: five years ago, I could have avoided five years of suffering. Yeah. And I think like Jason, you and I have had and it me too with Jennifer, um, several conversations about just God's miraculous growth and transformation in my life every day. Like not just from me to seven years ago or me to five years ago when I started on staff or me to a year ago when I was in the throes of burnout, but me to a month ago
2: Mm -hmm.
0: where my dad was tragically killed in a car accident and how community rose up around me in ways that I was shocked. I was shocked by how people came around with compassion and love and grace. And it, I felt like it was so sacrificial. I was like, "You are sacrificing your time, your talents, your treasure, your money, your your health, your well-being to come and be here in the hardest moment. I, one of the hardest things I have ever gone through. If my dad would have passed away seven years ago." I don't know if I'd be able to have this hope that I have. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd be able, when people ask, hey, how are you doing? To say, I have got his address, you know? Like that I'm okay, that I have hope in the resurrection. I know Mm -hmm. this is not the end. And I think that we had talked about Solomon, potentially Solomon, throughout Ecclesiastes and how (laughs) kind of a downer it can be. And they kind of like, opens us up to this two is better than one. But he's constantly asking this question, what is the point of living? And Paul answers it for us through Christ. When he's talking about Christ, that we have this hope, that we have this desire of how we make each other better off for having been Mm -hmm. a part of each other's lives. And I really, truly get to experience that. And that's the only reason I can stand up in confidence and authority that I do today.
1: This was a good one. I'm excited for good. Sunday. Uh well hey, all that being said, thank you so much. If you found this encouraging or helpful, we'd love for you to share it with other people. Um also, we 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 do need the rating, not the ratings for our sake, but again, we really believe that God wants to I don't use know. I need the yeah. <laughs> we really do believe the reason why we do this is we believe this is encouraging. We've heard from so many of you that this podcast has been encouraging in your faith and um so if you found it helpful, Give us a comment, even if you hate it. Give us a comment; yeah. it's fine. But share it, and uh, we're so thankful for all twelve of you who listen.
2: <laughs> if we get eight comments that say "bring Derek on," "bring Derek back," yeah, will like, yeah. <laughs> be a mandatory participant. Oh, that's eight. Yeah, Funny. eight, Great. just eight guys.
1: Well, hey, this has been the Breakthrough Breakdown. I'm Jason.
2: I'm Kate. Jennifer.
1: Hey, thank you so much for tuning in. Can't wait for Sunday. We love you, Bob
0: Goff.
2: We love you, Bob Goff. <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to The Breakthrough Breakdown, a Zion podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, and check out the Zion Clear Lake app. Share this podcast with your friends so they can tune in as well. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of The Breakthrough Breakdown.